So my work is with creatives and leaders in culture. So people who have work that is often hard to title, but we have this experience where we desperately need language to name who we are and what we do. And that's where I come in. Um, I am the dialogue partner to help you go through your experiences and draw that line of who are you, no matter what room you show up in. How do you put words to that? How do you name what that verb is that you do? And then we translate that story into your external communication. So anything from a bio to your LinkedIn, what voice and tone you want to use, it has huge implications for how you make decisions, what alignment means for you and integrity means for you in the thing that you're building. But it's really for those of us who are doing interesting, complex, multi-passionate, multi-impact work, that's hard to name. It's hard to give a title to. But without that name, we are going to miss you. And I don't want that to happen. I want a us to be able to see leaders in these creative fields for the essential contribution that you have. And that happens through being able to explain it to yourself and then to other people. And I'm your companion in that process to get to those words. I'm Angie Clay. Welcome to Liberate and Lather's podcast, a journey to self-care. Self-care is not a scheduled event somewhere deep in your calendar, but a journey to everyday care for your being. I speak with other creatives on how they are implementing self-care using the fundamental keys of wellness to continue to thrive in their businesses and their personal lives. And of course, We do have our cozy conversations, just you and I weekly, on how we talk about gentle ways to make self-care a daily habit. So welcome to Liberate and Lather. Hello everybody, it's me, Angie Clay from Liberate and Lather, and wanted to welcome you back again. We're here talking about all things self-care. And of course, you know, I love finding awesome creative business owners out in the world that are implementing self-care into their daily lives and also have such wonderful, cool creative businesses that I think can help us grow um, and the information that they're gonna give us. And today we're here with um, Dana Ray Consulting. And we're gonna talk a little bit about her business because man, does she have a lot of good (laughs) stuff to talk about. So we're gonna, crawl into her brain and her life and her creativity and see how she does it all. But we all know that I start my podcast with a journaling prompt. And today, um, Dana, I'm going to give you burst of joy before we get started. So that's our journaling prompt today. So burst of joy. What do you think when you hear this phrase? I immediately think of moments in my life where joy is so much that physically you have to express it it just Mm -hmm. comes out and I love this prompt I don't know if you knew this but I use a similar question in my process with my clients oh wow so I I ask them about a moment where they feel most like themselves and joy is so often part of that and I think such an important question that we can ask ourselves is when we have felt joy and to ask what went into those moments mm-hmm. and see what are the things that we can act on and integrate 
into our story and sense of ourselves and what we're creating. So I love this prompt so much, but a recent explosion, bursting of joy for me was when I put on Beyonce and opened my windows and danced for several hours. Beyonce really knows how to get people in a dance mood, huh? She she does. And I, uh, her latest project, Spirit, which was a companion album to The Lion King, mm-hmm. just had some like really good jams for that moment. Yes, I know. I love um, African beats. I mean, I just always love the djembe, anything with drums, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I have a djembe, I can play it just a tad bit, but it does hold it's a t- the table for the maracas. Uh, so, but um, yes, anything with a good drum beat, like really gets the body moving. Mm-hmm. It's burst of joy. It's the heartbeat. It's like your heartbeat mm-hmm. being invited to move and to dance. And like, I think, yeah, that's a burst of joy. Yes. The creation of music. Totally. Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I'm glad to hear that, hear that that works well with uh, your business. See, everybody may not know that I used to live in Northern Virginia. So the DMV area. So when Dana and I connected, it was like, <laughs> oh my goodness. It was just like, we bumped into each other, like somewhere in Adams Morgan, or I don't know, yeah. somewhere maybe, could be anywhere in DC, Georgetown. I was all over the districts, uh, just going different places and shopping. And it's just like, I feel like I it bumped into in her. Event. It just yeah. felt like we could have met anywhere in yeah. any of the creative art galleries, concerts, like so much happens in this area. And we were like, oh my God, are you? Yeah, I mean, look at our earrings too. We're like, DMV girls. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it's really nice to have, share that. So let's get in a little bit about your business. I really All want right. to explain your business um, to our listeners because I just really think that you have something really awesome to offer, especially for creative uh, solopreneurs, creative Uh, business owners like in their businesses so can you tell us a little bit about your what you do yeah uh so my work is with creatives and leaders in culture so people who have work that is often hard to title but we have this experience where we desperately need language to name who we are and what we do and that's where I come in Um, I am the dialogue partner to help you go through your experiences and draw that line of who are you, no matter what room you show up in. How do you put words to that? How do you name what that verb is that you do? And then we translate that story into your external communication. So anything from a bio to your LinkedIn, what voice and tone you wanna use. Um, It has huge implications for how you make decisions, what alignment means for you and integrity means for you in the thing that you're building. But it's it's really for those of us who are doing interesting, complex, multi-passionate, multi-impact work, that's hard to name, it's hard to give a title to. But without that name, we are gonna miss you. And I don't want that to happen. That's the thing that drives me wild. Like I want us to be able to see leaders in these creative fields for the essential contribution that you have. And that happens through being able to explain it to yourself and then to other people. And I'm, I'm your companion in that process to get to those words. Okay, so can you give us an example, like mm-hmm. what type of person would come to you? Like, like is this the person yeah. that walk in the room? They're like, what do you do? And they're like, well, um, 
Yeah, like uh, I make this and then I do a little bit of, of that and then on top of that and then you mix it together and you have this and the person's like, um, uh, <laughs> it's nice to meet you. Is that? Yep. <laughs> okay. So there are kind of two questions in there. One is who am I primarily working with? And the other is how would I support someone in that struggle of how to intro themselves? So I'm going to answer mm -hmm. the second part of that question okay. first. The trick that I like to share with my clients is to introduce yourself in a three-step process. I do a thing and make that more than your genre. Um, so for me, it's I help people put words to who they are and what they do. Your work is not about the field that you're in. You're not an accountant. You're not a painter. You're about asking questions. You're, you're about exploring embodiment. You are about what does your work do? Who do you do that work for or with? And then right now that looks like. So for people who are multi-passionate, you have so many different projects going on. You, it can change from year to year, month to month, quarter to quarter. And so, uh, for example, if I were to introduce myself this way, I would say, hey, I'm Dana. My work is about finding the words for who we are, what we do, and why it matters. I work with leaders in creative fields. Right now, that looks like being a communications consultant and having a business where I serve these people directly. Other times that can mean being a speaker. It can mean being a writer and working on a book. It can mean um, being a member of my of a local creative community. And so depending on which room I'm in, I'll use a different, right now that looks like, because my projects will change, my people will change, the field that I'm contributing to might be completely different from year to year. Um, but it gives someone a, a sense of who you are fundamentally and then who are you today, right now, in this moment. And you get to share both of those in your introduction. I like it because it's liberation from what you do. Like, uh, to me, you just explained like liberation for multi-passionate. Because you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm, I, you know, I make, just to be short, I'm like, oh, I make soap and candles. But really, now that you're saying that, like, I do something beyond that. I actually help people take a trek within by using the bathing experience and journaling as a way to explore who they are. Yes. 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 I'm running down the field. I see that's the goal. It. My ball that's is it. going in. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because your work is about, like, liberating the other. Your work is about liberation. And right now, that looks like the bathing experience. Right now, that looks like journaling experiences. Today, this looks like having a podcast interview. But underneath it, your work is actually about liberation. And you can lead with that. You're allowed to start your introduction with that. See, everybody, let's, this lady is so bomb. <laughs> you know, especially multi-passions because it's such a struggle and then you get frustrated because you like can't convey what you want to convey but you give them a multi-passion they they like they pat you in the back we know we know you ain't got to explain it to us we know you do lots of stuff so don't worry about it we right there with you but the true liberation comes when you really can convey that to someone who absolutely don't know but they possibly could really need you and this is also my issue with common branding advice and practices, which tells you to pick one thing and communicate that one thing. And typically the advice is, is it journaling or is it soap? It can't be both. And that's just not true. The one thing is you, you're the common denominator between 
soap and bathing experiences and journaling. So there has to be a commonality that ties those two things together. And that's the thing you can build your brand around, not your service. So your services can change infinitely. You can change from season to season in your life and your business can change with you, but that core idea will stay the same. But yes, I, let us liberate ourselves beyond the boxes people want us to put ourselves in yeah. and still be clear and still communicate what we have to offer. It's amazing. So how did you reach like this decision to become this, come up with this concept, this framework, which I'm sure your framework is much deeper than this is just skimming the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know if you're listening to this podcast, you are a person with depth, many layers. And so this is just one little layer um, that we're pulling back today. But I mean, how did you arrive to like doing this thing? I mean, it's just phenomenal what you've come up with. Oh, thank you. Um, it was, uh, I shared a metaphor with a friend earlier. There was a children's story that I loved as a kid called The Princess and the Goblin. Mm-hmm. It's a many layered fairy tale, but one of the things that happens is that the main princess is given a ring by her magical great-great-grandmother. And there's an invisible thread that goes out from the ring. And if she follows the thread, it will always take her back home. It will always take her back to her great-great-grandmother. It may take her through many dangers, many winding roads, but it'll always take her back home. And when I think about how I've gotten to be here, it's been the practice of listening to what my life was telling me it was there to do and listening to what was working and what was not working. And what were the threads that held everything together? So my story can, can start a number of different places. It can start in college when I majored in English literature. Mm-hmm. It can, we can follow it through my first jobs after school when I worked for a nonprofit mentoring college students. Uh, and then it wanders off into Bulgaria where I taught English. And then it comes back again to get a master's in English literature. I was gonna be an academic, that was the whole plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I realized the thing that I loved do, I was actually seeing my entrepreneur friends doing way more concretely and clearly. They were building communities. They were building spaces. They were building people into who that they, who they could be. And that's what I wanted to do as a professor. And as I understood the complexity of the game and that you have to win in academia to even get to have that kind of influence with students, I was like, I don't think I want to play this game. I just think I want to do it. But I had all these skills and language. I trained in taking complex novels and synthesizing them into a paper. So like, what do you, what do you use that for? And I started freelance writing, worked in marketing for a while. And then between reading the Quaker mystic, Parker Palmer and Simon Sinek's Start With Why, I started to see these patterns of, we can go into our life experiences and we can name those experiences and we can use that process to see the connective tissue that what I've come to call the ground truth of who we are and build our brands and our creative work around that. And I've always worked with artists, like always, always, always. I've always been interested in how we become the people who make what we make. Mm-hmm. And when I realized that those two things could go together and it wasn't exactly branding and it wasn't really marketing and it wasn't really being an artist. And I'm also still writing in the middle of that. Like I made this work. It's just amazing because I mean, I just think like in different sections and where we live, it's just like so not uncommon to find people, especially in the DMV area that are super multi-passionate. 
like where I, where I reside. That's why you know, I moved to this area. Like I wanted to be around that kind of culture. Yeah, because sometimes I feel weird because I'm like, you know, I'm here in, in the Northwest and most of people kind of like pick a thing and then they kind of stick with that thing, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, you got so many things going on. And I'm like, to me, it's just like, isn't that what I'm supposed to? You know, and then <laughs> I like, here I am, bump to you on these virtual streets. And then I'm like, oh my goodness, you're from DMV. And it's like, oh, that's why, because like you're saying, I worked at Don Byer Volvo in Falls Church. I worked, you know, at George Mason, like different jobs in the AV. Now, I don't even like tech stuff. I was like working in the AV department back in the day when you had to like wheel stuff across campus, um, you know, like all these different random jobs, nanny, like it was like all these things is like made me this like person, you know, because I had a little bit of this and that. It wasn't like go to school, major in one thing, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like that where I'm from, like deep down in Virginia. But once I got up to Northern Virginia, it was like, what? You can do all this stuff. And just, it just amazes me based on the area. This feels multi-passionate. Mm-hmm. It really does. It feels like a place where you can build things that end up mattering. And that's that's what I love about being in this area for sure. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, it's never just one thing. We don't have to become the thing that we studied. <laughs> yes that can become part of our story it's part of changing who we are and making who we are but it's not it's not the only thing about us yeah um so to go back to your other question of like so who am I working with Mm -hmm. um I've worked with people in dance and fashion photography Mm -hmm. a lot of different creative fields um I really enjoy the dancers for some whatever reason, probably because yeah. that's a hobby of mine. Yeah, I want to um, be a dancer. Like I was like, I want to be a dancer. If I could go back and do it all again, I was like, it's never too late to start dancing. Frankly. Yeah, I mean, it's true. like <laughs> it's it's always there. Um, so I worked with uh, I worked with a partnership that are from they're from Pittsburgh, and mm-hmm. they teach a style called West Coast Swing and they were trying to make a pretty tough decision about how they were going to structure their life in the next few years, whether they're going to start touring the national circuit more, which is almost every weekend there's an event to perform and teach and kind of build your brand, or if they're going to invest heavily in their local community. And so we did this process to try to figure out what kind of life did they want to be living? Who were they? And how do they make decisions that are aligned with that? And so we identified all of her core stories of when she felt most alive, all of his core stories of when he felt most alive. And then as a partnership, when do they feel most successful as a partnership? And then we kind of Venn diagrammed all of those stories to say, what is the thing that holds you two together? What is the third thing that emerges when you two teach and create together and dance? And the thing that they identified is that they are rooted in soulful community and they build a soulful community. And when in each one of those words has a specific meaning to them, like when they say each of those words, it conjures up very specific moments from their life that they can go, I remember that, I know what that's referring to, I know what that feels like. And based on that, they opted to go a very non-traditional route in their dance field, which was to not travel the national circuit, to not try to build an international brand. And they said, we're gonna invest in our local community. We're gonna put our roots down where we are from, which is Pittsburgh. 
And we're only going to travel for events that have that local community focus. And we're gonna invest in other local communities and helping them build their dance communities and their dance students, which is a very them definition of success. And they were saying, we're not gonna use the definition of success as defined by all these other pros. We're gonna say what matters to us and then go pursue that specifically. And that's, um, that was through the ground truth process, which is what I use with my clients. Wow, that's amazing. And I bet you when they left, they were like, ready to put on some Beyonce and dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what's also, what's been rewarding for me is that I worked with them two years ago and we talked a couple weeks before today and they were like, you know, we still look at those materials. We are still stunned by how different our lives are compared to what it could have been had we not gone through that process. Mm-hmm. And so it, it tends, it ages well, which makes me really proud. Yeah, it's those good vintage wines. It's, it's, and too, like you look at their situation, because they could have been in the, the, like the prime of traveling and then COVID hits. Like, uh-huh. you know, and now they can look back and say, hug each other, like, oh my goodness, I'm glad we made this decision because now we like really set ourselves up because now we have roots to be able to pivot, you know? Yep. It also meant that they were able to be flexible with keeping other career options open. Mm -hmm. So because they were staying more rooted locally, she kept growing in her nursing career as well. And he was working as a chef. He eventually put that to the side to teach. But when COVID hit, he was able to pick up other work um, because those things were still part of their identities. They didn't put them down. And by following the structure that they knew would be important for them, they did set themselves up well for yeah. COVID. Yeah. They Not that any of us saw that the catalyst of helping them see that. And I think that's what happens to people. I mean, I used to um, work at Starbucks, you know, and I'm like, work the window, you know, and I worked it because I wanted the, the, you know, you work 20 hours, you get healthcare. And I was like, okay, I can mm-hmm. do that. I can get up early in the morning, be done by 9 a.m. And I worked the window and people like asking, like, where are you from? I said, DC. And they'll talk to me a little bit about September 11th. And like, I'm like, well, you serve coffee? And I'm like, I always tell myself, it's because I have a master's degree. I'm never too good to do any other kind of job, mm-hmm. you know? And like, because whatever it need, I need to do to take that. And then sometimes people miss out on opportunities because they're like, well, I have to do this one thing and I can't do the, this thing because that, no way am I going to go back to that. I mean, I've sold Verizon phones. I've served coffee at Starbucks. I mean, you name it. It's like what we have to do to keep that, main thing that we want to do in our lives, we want to reach that success, we have to sometimes tape it together with these other little things. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You make great relationships. Starbucks was fun, you know? Uh, I believe it. I believe yeah. it. Well, do you know, um, Elizabeth Gilbert has this phenomenal video where she talks about the difference between a job, a hobby, a career, and a vocation. I've never seen that video. I need to go look it up. It's so beautiful. And the, the, the connection to what you just said is that when we have a vocation, we don't necessarily require it to make money for us. It's a calling, but we do have to have a job. We, we have to have a job to make ends meet. And that is often in service of the thing that we're called to do is to make ends meet so we can stay alive and so we can keep making the contribution we want to make in the world. And I think that's so overlooked. Yes, yes, that is so true. So everybody go check out that video. 
<laughs> report back and tell us. I'll, what I'll you send you about. a link. You could throw it in show notes or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yes. We'll do that. Awesome. So let's talk about your self-care. How do you keep your keys of wellness all together? How do you take care of yourself and maintain? Because you're always giving out, you're pouring to other people's mm-hmm. cups. How do you uh, replenish yours? I take naps. I'm a big napper. I believe I in naps. sleeping whenever the body requests sleep. <laughs> uh, I actively see a therapist every week. Mm-hmm. Someone who is neutral third party who can call me on my shenanigans, mm-hmm. <laughs> which often involve boundaries around giving. Mm-hmm. Came up yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I am looking to integrate more is play. So. Brene Brown on a podcast recently talked about we need rest and we need play to rejuvenate and to to care for ourselves. And I've grown so much in the last few years in being able to rest and stop work and put things away and go on the walk or take a nap or do what I need to do to not burn out. But I forget to keep play in the mix. Like, what do I do that's just fun? there's no outcome that I have to have. Like, what is that thing that I can engage with on a regular basis? That's just for the joy of it. And I'm still looking for that because some of my activities were pre-COVID. They're not COVID approved. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, so it comes with something different. Mm -hmm. But that's a question I'm asking a lot right now. Mm -hmm. And conversations with people. If I do not have interesting in-depth conversations, one-on-one conversations, I get real sad. So <laughs> mm-hmm. maybe you can do a podcast. I mean, I have a podcast like scheming. I mean, that would kind of make it work, but I do have a podcast scheme. Oh, cool. I didn't run across that. It's, I mean, it's not real yet. Oh, but okay. I got you. I, it might happen. <laughs> you love, that will put you in front of people all the time. <laughs> And great conversations that we're having. And then also people who are listening in are able to like walk away with something, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of fell into doing podcasts because I was doing COVID. I'm like, I need to figure out, I can't go to markets and sell, you know, living in Charlottesville, Virginia, I used to stay downtown in the mall. And like, I just loved all the different vendors and like, just like, mm-hmm. it was just this cool atmosphere. And then I just started like vending and going around, especially in the summer it was fun. Like going to concerts, there's music, there's food, there's people you're talking, you know, and I just love that. And then yeah. when it was gone, I was like, okay, what am I going to do? And I was like, just get in front of other people and see what they're doing. And maybe my people and your people can meet up and we all could like do something, you know, to keep each other going, you know, that's kind of like how I end up like falling into. I mean, that's you listening to your life. It's you going like, what was the point of joy and excitement and anticipation? And how do I find that in another structure? Mm-hmm. I love it. That's so good. <laughs> So then I had to find some play for me too. I've been really thinking about, which I'm like, I cannot add another thing, but I really wanted to learn how to throw pottery. And um, yeah, I've always wanted to, I've always wanted to like get my hands messy and like make stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that like the kiln and all that stuff, it, you know, you got to have like a certain kind of socket, you know, cause it pulls the electricity and you got to get the thing and you got to get this, you know, so I'm like, maybe, I think I was, I was going to look for like just clay that you can um, 
modeling clay, I guess you would call it, I'm sure. And then like you can make something and it'll just dry on its own. Probably won't look as pretty. But then again, I haven't looked into it and it might could just look the same. Or I hit the pause button. I apologize. Um, or a local studio. Like a local studio might have the whole setup that you can go in and learn and take a class or that kind of thing. Again, yeah. COVID's tricky, but. Yeah, I know. We have one here in town, but I think she's closed. She does a lot of stuff mm -hmm. now online, you know. Yep. But, um, yep. Yeah, I'm going to look into that for my play. And I love collaging, too. I like cutting up magazines and gluing it. I saw that in elementary. <laughs> I'm also, if you bring one more magazine home, she was like, I'm throwing it in the trash. Every time the teacher would throw somewhere, I was like, can I have it? I'll just take it home and play with it. You know, we lose that. Sense I love that. Yeah, we get older. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. So tell everybody how, you know, if they want to connect with you and learn more about your greatness. Like, how can they get in <laughs> touch with you? So my favorite way to stay connected with people is to write letters. And so I have a weekly letter that I send out on Thursdays, which you can sign up to get on my website. So DanaMRay.com. Go there, sign up to get the newsletter. It really is a personal letter from me to you every week. It's, it's my thoughts on language and communication and art making and the creative life. Covers a whole range of things, but that's where you can hear from me most regularly. Um, there's also a lot of resources on the website for the blog. Um, if you have questions about how to write an artist bio or networking online, I have resources for you there. And then you can also find me on Instagram. So at DanaM.Ray. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we were able to talk today and find Thank out you more. For Thank you for me. helping me in this wonderful conversation. I'm so glad I of feel course. liberated on what I do. <laughs> yay cheer 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 i love thank it you. <laughs> so thank you everyone for tuning in make sure you check our show notes out and uh for uh connecting with um dana please do that um we thank you so much for tuning in we'll talk to you later bye